the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 6.15 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm reading through a kind of peer review article that uh, basically takes place within the, the, the uh, schools of academia when it comes to law. This one is called the Cornell Journal of Law and Public Policy. This would be for you teachers and definitely for you um, you folks who are uh, in legal aid and uh, in, in the court systems. Those of you who are believers listening to me, this one is a classic uh, argument by one Daniel Sabotnik. Daniel Sabotnik. And the title is called What's Wrong with Critical Race Theory? reopening the case for the middle class. Now, he does a strategic job of demonstrating the fallacy of one Patricia Williams and her being one of the leading proponents back in that day, a couple, couple, two or three decades ago, 1998 is the time that this particular rebuttal was written. Um, she and several other women, as well as men, uh, I think Robert Bell or something, one of the guys that basically is involved in the Black Lives Matter. They are all avowed, open, public Marxists. This is nothing hidden, uh, like Angela Davis, Cornel West. Uh, they they all support one another, and yet their their writings and their 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 briefs and their books and their teachings um, are, are, are ubiquitous everywhere because they have not been put out on the public to be debated in in the in, in the public market. In other words, what Daniel Sabotnik is doing when he reads through her, um, her, her case for critical race theory is he's using what is called an objective method of interpretation, just the fundamental laws of coherency, the laws of non-contradiction, and basically using a modernist uh, interpretation of reality versus what she uses and all of them that are using today is a postmodern revisionism of history. It's fascinating because when you read what they intend to do, this was 30 years ago, it's happening just like they said it would, precisely because people are not interested in learning how to think and being able to critically assess contradictions and falsehoods and falsifiable arguments. Um, just absolutely fascinating. But for those of you who are going to be part of the dialogue with me on Friday, dealing with the woke church and the woke state and the delusion that it's under, you want to read that at least up to page 27. But I'll tell you, if you get started with David's uh, analysis, you won't be able to let it down because he does such a critical job of demonstrating how fallacious their assertions are and how empty uh, they are in um in the kind of reading into kind of an eisegetical hermeneutic of reading into into everything that took place in their own experiences and in history, a racist construct of oppressor and oppression. And this is where you and I have been able to identify the methodology of Marxism in most of this stuff as well. And so, yeah, um, it's important for you guys to know what's going on. This is not uh, this this whole thing of uh, of social justice. 
is not about social justice. It's about power. I mean, listen to what Lecrae says to the CEO of, of Chick-fil-A when he goes over in a gesture to polish his shoes, which he shouldn't have done. He's totally misinterpreting John chapter 13 altogether, which he should never have done. But when Lecrae says, hey, I don't want you to shine my shoes, that's just kind of virtue signaling, and I get that. But rather, we want stock in your company. Now, see, that's part of the social justice movement of reparations that's rooted in, watch this now, the equity goal. Not equality, equity. And for the socialist Marxists, equity really means completely destroying the white man. That is not Christian. It is not biblical. It is demonic. Let me go to line number two and talk with JB from Ronan Park. JB, are you there? JB on line two. JB, are you there? All right, Michael, are we on? So let's go to line number three and talk with uh, Dan from Sonoma. Dan on line number three. Are we there, Dan? Hello? Dan on line number three. Are we there? Hello? Hello? Who is this? This is Nelson. Oh, Nelson. That's line number four. Hold on, Nelson. I'll get back to you. You're probably using the bathroom or something. Go back to line number three. Let me talk with Dan. <clears throat> Dan, are you there? Dan, try line number four. Is Dan on four? Yes, I'm speaking to you now. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, y'all. We're sorry. I, I I got my teammate. We're working on some dribbling and passing skills, and we're not quite working it out together. What's going on, Dan? What's your thoughts or, or observation today? Well, I I actually in mind that hymn that said, Oh, for grace to trust him more. We need to work on, uh, this is about uh, trusting Jesus Christ, but I'm coming at with uh, what you brought up tonight. And um, it was a, a podcast I heard a few weeks ago, and what I was actually doing was searching for uh, former Adventist podcasts, but what I landed on was something called something like This Way Down. Yeah. And they were talking about, staying with some people, and then she said, I was staying in a very Aussie and Harriet people. And I thought, what does that mean? I thought, are they comedians, or do you mean Harriet Hilliard was white, and Aussie Nelson was white? And then she said that they started making a bunch of racist statements. I said, where are you getting the comparison? I never saw racist statements on a, How would you know, trying to deconstruct coded language, how would you know whether you were living in an Aussie and Harriet neighborhood? Right. Are you uh, asking me that question? <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to come to you for help with this, decoding right. what she's trying to say. Okay. I, all right. So this is a, thank you for that, that observation now, and we'll just take this as a teaching moment. It's really uh, fascinating what's going on. I talked about this earlier in my opening narrative about our kids coming home from school and all they do is kind of rabbit off in an angry, kind of hyper-emotional or uh, combative way that's sexist, that's racist, that's homophobic. And that's because, Dan, they have been taught by their professors that everything is to be interpreted through the grid of the uh, systemic racist system that the white man, European white man, has imposed upon the whole world. It's absolutely absurd, but until we get a chance to put these people on the stand, 
over against sound, rational, logical thinking men and women who know how to deconstruct the fallacy of their arguments, people who are not able to be objective and, and really uh, detect the, the uh, errors in what they're saying won't know what to do with it. That person was a byproduct, again, of the critical race theory. So what it is is a uh, postmodern revisionism of history uh, imposing upon it an oppressor-oppressed paradigm. This is Marxism. You've been following me with that. You know that. And so everything is to be put in the categories of power. Uh, is there a power structure oppressing you? Well, if you're a child, the power structure oppressing you is your mom and your dad, and definitely your dad. You got to get rid of your dad because dad is the number one to go. Uh, is your power structure uh, your school system? It might be, particularly if your school system is not Marxist and not postmodern and not uh, hyper-socialist. If your school system is, let's say, a uh, private school that teaches a biblical worldview, operate out of modernist principles and have a, a very sound uh, principle of universal objectivity rules and can actually argue legitimate uh, uh, discussions on the grounds of uh, principles of, of coherence and the laws of non-contradiction and circular reasoning, some of the basic fundamentals of being able to detect whether or not a person is uh, making a false statement, things of that nature. Um, then, uh, then, 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 if you are not, if you're not part of their school of thought, in other words, if you haven't been pro propagandized or if you haven't been trained to see these things, as uh, Robin D'Angelo and others, Patricia Williams and others, Cornell West and others would assert, you're not woke. And so all the kids thinking that they're coming out of college woke are really nothing but zombies of Marxism. And, uh, and as soon as you get to talking to them and, and just simply ask the question, because what D'Angelo does is she teaches you how to um, uh, take a position of standpointing where you don't let them actually ask you a question. And if you don't know how to do it, somebody among their group will come and protect them from you. Let's say, Dad, you were talking to this person that was making this assertion about the uh, Ozzy uh, and Harriet uh, type of thing. I forget her name, Lizzie and Ozzy Harriet. Right? <clears throat> these are these are old these are old rock stars. They they they're everywhere now, and they got their own brand and everything. But I suppose they were not postmodernists, and they are kind of the picture of white supremacy or white privilege and white authority as the uh, postmodern eisegetical framework would impose upon them. Notwithstanding, you probably couldn't get Lizzie or Ozzy to, uh, to affirm anything that would be overtly racist. But see, for uh, the, uh, the, the new kids on the block being taught by D'Angelo and others, everything is either explicitly racist or implicitly racist. This is where they teach this thing called implicit bias uh, uh, teaching where they they show you that you are implicitly racist in, in everything that you do, whether the way you look at people or feel about people, etc., etc., can be proven and demonstrated as racist. It's really bad. I mean, it's so hyper judgmental that it basically uh, openly defies what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, when he says, Judge righteous judgment. Do not judge according to the appearance of things. Don't look at people's facial expressions. Don't read into their motive and intent and tell them what they are. Let them tell you what they are. But no, this goes on. It's massive. And, uh, and as a consequence, a whole lot of kids are judges. 
And when you debate them and argue with them and ask them where are you getting that from, um, the only thing they can do is, if they're honest, is simply say, I got it from my teachers in college. They got a bunch of books they gave us. We read them, and now we are part of the woke church of the neo-Marxist postmodern system. That's what that's about. And uh, unless God wakes them up to the reality of this delusion and lie, that's what we're going to be hearing everywhere. And this is why I've been deferring people to the Greenville State Grievance Studies, because uh, Mr. Brett Weinstein exposes him and his colleagues as a major Trojan horse, critical race theory, uh, social justice, uh, grievance studies have entered into the colleges everywhere, produced these comrades and turned them into missionaries to go into society and create a revolution. And we're here with this fascinating too. Uh, Dan, because some of our talk show hosts are really getting it. I don't listen to Rush Limbaugh much, but I inadvertently heard him today, and he's spot on with understanding this ridiculous system, and he's laying it out now. Problem is, is that uh, not only should our, our conservative, sound, principled teachers in high school and in college and in the world of uh, uh, legal jurisprudence as well as in politics— and certainly our pastors should have been soundly capable of detecting and discerning this apostate system of reprobate thinking, of postmodernism as a form of interpreting the world. They should have been soundly seeing these things and exposing them and blowing the alarm, uh, as I have been doing in part for the last 20-something years. So, you know, it is happening now, quite frankly. So we got to be glad about that. So let me ask you, how, how did that help you in terms of understanding this kind of ridiculous response that this person is having? What it does is it sets a framework for it. But I have a secondary question for you, which is whether the Marxists are armed. I, they frequently take a position against being armed. So would they actually have arms to fight a battle you were talking about last week? Yeah, in Germany, in Germany, they 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 uh, they would have in Russia, they would have uh, in, uh, in, in in Pol Pot's system, they would have in Mao's system, they would have in Stalin's system. That's what they tried to do in taking in taking over the world. And, and this is quite fascinating too, because um, when our founding fathers established this nation. Uh, that makes me a white racist, according to their fictitious uh, postmodernist interpretation of things. Because if you're not anti-racist, you're racist in their dialectical process. Um, the founding fathers said, you know, if you're going to be free, you're going to have to protect and defend your freedom. They knew that humanity was by nature totally depraved and sinful, and that without the grace of God being able to keep us civil and rational and be honest about you know when our uh, when we make an assertion whether or not it's valid whether or not it's falsifiable whether or not you know we we we're wrong uh so that we can be in pursuit of truth on all levels uh they knew that at some point the the marxists who were operating back then would make their way into our educational system as with John Dewey and make their way into our political systems um, as, as again, with the soft socialist Marxists who came in from different countries and, uh, and shaped policies all the way up to the present time. This is what was going on in the civil rights movement back in the 60s. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember now. Um, uh, Angela Davis and, uh, and, and a number of them were uh, part of underground movements that were willing to blow up stuff because they were revolutionaries. You're asking the question, do they have guns? Well... 
the the beautiful reality of where we are is that everybody you know is free to have guns. I mean, if it if it comes down to that, I can tell you that there are all kind of groups out there that are ready for this because they they've been seeing this coming for a long time, uh, and the notion that uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, controlled and supported by big wig money wants to try to defund the police is all about getting this country in a position where they can take over and we can't resist them. Uh, and the government can't resist them. And this is why I said President Trump picked up on it. It was very clear in his speech. He understood what they were up to. And uh, I hope you do too. Now, it can be stopped way before any kind of um, major civil war. It can be stopped. But it's going to require people standing up and telling the truth. It's going to require school teachers. It's going to re- require uh, legal aid. It's going to require lawyers. It's going to require teachers in uh, high school, teachers in college. It's going to require um, pastors uh, with gifted members in their congregation to learn how to think right and uh, investigate these systems and uh, and see where the errors are and be ready to stand up and tell the truth. It's going to require a lot of uh, groundwork to bring this stuff out into the open and begin to debate it publicly rather than them simply being, uh, you know, uh, put front and center by most of your leftist media, because that's the leftist media is serving as a um, as a purveyor of all this, the way they shape and angle the uh, politics, the way they shape and angle the events on the ground. Um, this is the same thing as Russia has been doing, been doing the same thing. This is why if you, if you guys took up what I said concerning Yuri Bezmanov, the KGB defector, he made it plain that we are dealing with ideological subversion, uh, demoralization of our country, which is where we are, uh, uh, uh destabilization of our citizenry, which is where we are. Uh, and then chaos and crisis mode, which is what we're coming up on. And then at some point, the people with the greatest power will subdue it. Now, if they can get into positions of power, uh, then uh, then if the then if the the people with good sense rise up, then maybe our government, if they're all leftists, if they're all Marxists, if they're all socialists, if they're all part of this godless system, uh, they'll crush uh, people who hold a uh, rationalistic. Um, sound, modernist interpretation of things. And then Christians, of course, have to go because if you listen to what they teach, it's godless. It's godless. And this is what amazes me about churches getting wrapped up in it. This, This horizontal dilemma of left and right. And the church is getting tied up emotionally in this stuff and not being able to really use a sound biblical hermeneutic to expose it for what it is, and then pray for it, and then engage it apologetically, as the Bible is able to be engaged apologetically, as Peter puts it in 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to give a defense, an answer for the hope of the calling which is within you with meekness and fear. That's calling uh, an apologetic for what you believe to be true. They don't want to have that kind of debate, because if they do, they'll be exposed. And so really, it's about kind of uh, thuggery and, uh, and and bullying because the the legislation and the policies in our schools and in our uh, businesses are about bullying. You guys know that it was tolerance many years ago. Now it's it's bullying, and now there it's about reparations, and now it's about pulling down this white man system. This is how far we've come. Anyhow, bless you, my brother. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'll take Idris. 
Idris from Hayward, and then we'll see what Nelson has to say on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got two lines open, one 888 There are only two spirits in the world, only two, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Let me see here. Let me go to line number one and talk with Idris from Hayward. Line number one and talk with Idris from Hayward. Idris, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. How's it going on, Pastor? I'm great. What's your thoughts, man? Yeah, so it's um like I've seen this um, um thing going on where I'll just be having a conversation with people. And then they'll start saying that's that that that's sexist or I'm triggered or something like that. And for a second, as being a gentleman and a man in Christ, I would try to be like, "Wait, I'm sorry. What did I?" And I try to get like, "What what are you trying to?" And it just comes from emotion, no facts, yep. and just it's almost like you can't even truly speak to it, and oh, you almost feel guilty. And then you see that this is how it's been going on for a while, and now that you're putting that it's been taught in the schools where I went to school and saw it going on. You, like you said, that the ch- children against the parents, you got the, Oh, we're going to use the gay people to feel this way. We're going to use the men. And it's like, wow, all this is going on. And I asked myself, how is the church supposed to relate to this? Because you even have people in the church who are kind of, well, and that's, that's not going to cut it because nope. the second you lukewarm, <laughs> the Bible talks about how he feels about <laughs> lukewarm people, you know? Yep. So, yep. and then you bring it up right there in first Romans it lets you know that when people try to act like they know of God but don't want to acknowledge him, he's going to turn them over to their what they think is wise. And the only thing I could do right now is how to really, like you said, talk with these people to where it's like, okay, I know all of y'all are deceived, being deceived. Yep. And, but some of y'all, you know exactly where this is headed, and a lot of people don't see where this is headed. They're doing the basic, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Why wouldn't you just let them do them? It's not going to affect the church. And it's like, no, you, don't, you haven't read your Bible. You don't see where this is. This is an agenda. So what I was going to ask you is how would you say is the best way to speak with people that clearly have been taught this <laughs> very hard? And they you like I said, you talk to them, they start yelling or oh, you hate people, you anti this. You, and it's like, no, 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 no. I have love for everybody, but I'm going to give you the truth. If I don't give you the truth, then that's the real that's the worst form of oppression I could give you. So that's kind of right. I'm... Right. What one of the things that everybody's going to have to do who calls themselves uh, believers in the Word of God is is kind of what I've been doing for a while, Idris. If you've really been listening to me, I've been hammering home what the believer has to do, and that is they've really got to <clears throat> be really, first of all, persuaded that the Bible is really the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you something that you may not know. Uh, the vast majority of professing Christians don't know the Bible enough to know if they really believe it. So they're pretending to be believers uh, because the Bible is a book of propositions, just like any other narrative that has to be read, has to be understood, has to be determined whether it's going to be believed, even to the point of dying for it. And you don't have a lot of Christians who are able to uh, understand the Bible, interpret the Bible, and utilize it as an expression of our worldview. That's one thing. There is not a lot of Christians that has an allegiance to the Bible. You got a lot of professing Christians who say they love Jesus, but they can't defend Jesus biblically uh, to to save their lives. And so they're not willing to engage this postmodernist culture. 
And I'm going to encourage you and all listening to look it up because you need to be a wordsmith. You got to look up postmodernism. You got to understand that it's a diff- it's a system of interpretation that is different than a conventional understanding of things as we have had it in the modern world. You need to know that these people have been imposed upon by a mythical structure of interpretation that is basically uh, dominated by power terms like racist, systemic racism, uh, uh, as we stated early, uh, 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 sexist, uh, homophobic, and, and all of these have to do with, the, again, the oppressor-oppressed paradigm where if you don't acknowledge these people in these different categories as being special and worthy of acknowledgement, then you are part of the racist system of the white heterosexual uh, hierarchical structure and that even uh, our worldview that's biblical, and this is going to be hard for people to believe, the Bible, by virtue of this postmodern system of critical race theory, is sexist. The Bible is homophobic. The Bible is uh, patriarchal. The Bible is racist. This is why I'm calling people out on it, particularly pretending Christians who do not explicitly acknowledge the crown rights of Jesus Christ, his name and his authority. These are pretending Christians who are in the church who are not willing to challenge the world in reasonable, rational, and civil thought. They're not willing to tell the truth about who Jesus is, and so they are capitulating. And so we've had a lot of our churches uh, open up its doors to what is called user-friendly, church-friendly, open acceptance, inclusionism, tolerance type of things. All of this was the Marxist strategy uh, decades ago. You take your Joel Osteen's. These churches are filled with these kind of people. They would never, ever make a clear demarcation between the way the world is thinking and what the Word of God says explicitly. You get this with uh, T.D. Jakes and many others. The reason their churches are so large is because they have these people in them. What they don't know is that these people are about to be actuated into a greater level of hostility to biblical truth because they were always actually drinking from the troll of a Marxist ideology. Um, you know, and I got a, <clears throat> I got a whole lot more to say about it, <clears throat> excuse me, down the line. You need to continue studying, uh, keep learning about uh, uh, critical race theory, keep learning about um, social justice, and learn it from them. You know, just go online and learn it from them. It's kind of hard sometimes to kind of Uh, read their stuff, but you're going to have to do that in order to know their systems. And you can, you can get a beeline into that. If you just keep up with my studies at grace, I ain't telling nobody to come to grace, be part of grace. I don't care anything about that. We've got so many members at grace that I'm trying to teach to be rooted and grounded. I'm not, I'm not trying to build a church. I'm trying to help true believers be able to stand for the truth of the gospel in this present generation or else we're just like Christ said, uh, Idris, We are saltless and we are savorless. We are not light and we are not salt. And uh, and that means we're going to be rejected by him as being frauds as well. So keep up the good work, my brother. Be discerning, be thoughtful, uh, be gracious, but stand on the truth. Let me go to line number three and talk with Nelson from Redwood City. Nelson, are you there? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. good. 
Yeah, actually, I agree with you. I was going to disagree. No, I'm not a leftist. I'm not a leftist. Um, I didn't ask you that. I didn't I say agree that. that um, the, the, what are um, you? I'm a believer. <laughs> I'm a believer. Um, but um, anybody who wants to see uh, what Martin Luther King said about communists, go on. Just Google Martin Luther King, communist, Stanford. He, when he was at Stanford, made his speech, went point by point by point with what he thinks about communism. But I didn't want to talk to that. But it just so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, hold on. No, let I, me I ask you. No, Nelson, because you do this all the time, and I'm going to call you on it. You do this all the time. I, I'm sorry. I, I think about you, and I think about how every time there's a topic or a conversation, you actually uh, oppose the, the view, even though you say you said you agree with everything. So now let me ask you the question. What is Martin Luther King? Was he a biblicist? Did he hold to a presuppositional view that the Bible is actually the word of God? Did he do that? No, he was the worst person in the world ever. No, look at you. See, there you go. There you go now. There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. I really feel sorry for you because you're not willing to be honest about facts. And all I'm saying is it's very clear. Everybody knows it, that he held a very, very liberal view of the Bible. And he was wide open to many of the Marxist views. He just was much more of a, a Gandhi type uh, 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 philosopher in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, social change through peace. And I totally get that. But you, you can't be talking about just going to one site and you can get what he wants. He, Martin Luther King was all over the map with a bunch of things. Very much so. Yeah. So do you have anything else to say that's more concrete? Well, you, you, you won't let me talk. You just talk all over me. Because you, actually, because you like to deflect. Martin now, Luther King said he did favor socialism over capitalism so actually i was agreeing with your point but you wouldn't let me say anything no but because you threw out this issue of go check him out on communism and i needed to know well, where you it, stand well, it's because it's important to know what he wrote on it if you're going to judge him right well he That's wrote a bunch sense. of things um uh, right, nelson right. he wrote I, a, I agree he wrote a lot of things i see i didn't see you're referring so much onto me that i never even said but anyways um i, I think the greenville um, college thing is a perfect, that's a good example that you brought up. That's because that's how wacky it gets. But, um, I like, and I also like the scripture you, um, read, don't follow a multitude towards evil. Um, because you could start off with something good and then it, it'll branch into all those other things that you brought up. But I also like the scripture, Proverbs 11, 1, 1 and Proverbs twenty twenty three. 23, it says unequal, unequal weights are just detestable to the Lord and dishonest scales are no good. Like I, like I said, I agree. You, you made your point real good today, but, and then somebody brought up violence, but without a doubt, we got to admit the violence is overwhelmingly coming from the right with, with the El Paso Walmart shooter, the synagogue shooter, the black church shooter, the FBI is very much worried more about white nationalism shooting. So let's don't, be unbalanced with that. And Trump tweeted out that white power tweet on, tweet on Sunday, Jerry Falwell doing the blackface. I mean, there's way more violence on the right than the left. Let, let's so now, so now you, do, you do know that that is what we call the plantation left-right argument. That's not that's 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 FBI facts, man. You, you you're not going to gaslight me on that fact. That is that the 
the left does not do those political violence nearly as much as the right. I mean, they're all bad, so why would you defend one? I don't defend um, black people doing violence, so why are you defending the white nationalists? Now, you didn't hear me defend the white nationalists at all. And, and another thing, black, black Christians are not all into this woke stuff. They're not vengeful. I gave you examples how black Christians forgave Dylan Roof. They forgave Amber Geiger. They forgave Michael Nunn, the loud Those leader. are anecdotal stories. No, that's the way black people are. Why do you have to throw black people under the bus so you can get ratings like Candace Owen, Branham Tatum? And hey, listen to me here? very carefully, Nelson. Listen to me. Let me share something with you. I don't even get paid to do this. Let me help you. I don't, I don't get paid to do this. I don't make money doing this at all. I don't make money. I'm on here for free. I don't, hold on, hold on. I want to help you understand something because you're making some assumptions. I am not like Candace and the rest of them. I really stand on a biblical premise, but I actually definitely see the legitimate biblical uh, principles in the platform of the Republicans. But I laid it out like I, t- like I shared with you a couple of weeks ago about the impotency of the Lao right. But I see the absolute bankruptcy of the left. And I understand the weights and measures of the book of Proverbs. Do you know what the weights and measures are? It's weighing everything over according to the word of God. And it's not always talking about how the left does this and the right does that. It's about what the word of God has to say about it all. I recognize the diabolical nature of both the left and the right. And I'm saying to Christians, you need to get off the plantation, read your Bible, and make judgments on political issues really based upon a biblical Christocentric approach. If we don't do that, which is already happening in the church, you know that, the same kind of dialectical uh, bifurcation and conflicts and, and racism and discrimination and, uh, and, and reprobation in our culture is in our churches too. And it's all because we're not willing to really look at things through the prism of Scripture. And all I'm saying to you is that sometimes you simply should say, you know, I agree with this, I agree with that, but I watch you and frequently you got to do this left-right jab. It's called being balanced. Because ever since MacArthur did that anti-social justice people, people have made YouTube video after YouTube videos portraying black Christians as being all woke, as being all grievance. Black Christians by the majority aren't like that. I mean, one guy even has a video why I defend the Confederacy, but then he does all this anti-social justice stuff. I mean, there's been such a backlash against black Christians because of that MacArthur and James White. James White is an absolute bigot and racist towards black people. Yeah, that's that's no sad, too. So, so, you, so you're, you're swinging on me. Now, here's what I'm going to do. You're swinging again. I'm going to give you credit for what I know to be uh, a measure of truth relative to blacks. I, I don't say that all blacks are uh, lost in that. I got a church full of black people. I hope you know that. A, bl- a church full of black people. And I'd love to hear the pastors who are clear on this danger of wokeness that are African-American. Give me a call sometime and quit being silent. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I really do. We got to keep talking. Until then, until next time, keep your eyes on Christ. <laughs>